Good evening on this October 20th of the year 2013. I hope this little lesson, little time, finds you well and blessed again. Hopefully he's continued to move in your life. If you yet have not submitted your surrendered your life to him or have not truly believed in his name, Trust that he is uh, begin to softening you in his love and his grace through those that he purposely has placed in your path, either in the past, currently, or even those that will cross your path over the next day or so. May you see his grace and his mercy in those individuals. And may you begin to thank him and praise him for crossing your path. A lot of times, we'll, you know, us who love him and are called, already called by him and believe in him will be placed in somebody's path, sometimes for a long time, sometimes just for just a moment. We never know why God sends people across our paths. Verses to bring us to himself. Reminding, up, reminding us of his love and his grace and his mercy. And then to encourage us to stay loyal and committed to him. And to, to stay and trust in him. Okay, that was kind of an additional here. A couple of days ago, the Lord uh, placed a message upon my heart. Well, I'm going to go ahead and entitle it. Not sure if this is the title he would use. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and entitle it. Godly versus Human Counsel. <clears throat> Let me read. Uh, I'm going to read through the NASB. Let me read a couple of um, verses here uh, for you to ponder. One of them is uh, Proverbs 19, verses 20 through 21. Now, Proverbs is the most interesting and intriguing book of the Bible. That uh, it can be taken, each individual verse can be taken little by little. Or be taken contextually. Now, the whole book should be taken contextually, as well as all 66 books of the Bible. That's the whole context that needs to be read. Just don't read one or two verses and don't read the rest of it. Even stuff that may initially seem confusing to you in God's timing and as you grow in your grace, He'll open your understanding and open your eyes and ears to to hear and see why that was written for what purpose. But until then, continue leaning into Him. But here's these two verses. Again, that's 19 of Proverbs 20 and 21 verses. Listen to counsel and accept discipline. That you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a man's heart. But the counsel of the Lord will stand. The next uh, verse that the Lord has strongly impressed upon my heart. There's a few of them. There's like three of them all together. Uh, is Isaiah. Brother Isaiah. Chapter 11. I'm going to go ahead and read through verses 1 through 5. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, 
in understanding, the spirit of counsel, in strength, the spirit of knowledge, in the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord, and he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he will judge the poor, and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. And he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. His righteousness will be the belt about his loins, and faithfulness the belt about his waist. Now this is talking about Jesus this heading, some Bibles have a, a little section or segment heading. It's called the righteous reign of the branch. Jesus is the branch in this case. The uh, shoot from the spring from the stem of Jesse. That's through, uh, that is the bloodline that our Lord and Savior had come through. Uh, bloodline of those deemed by God as righteous. Uh, those that were made right by His righteousness. Um... So this is Jesus Christ. That's why it's pertinent that there is no other God. We have to believe in the all and true living God through His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the one that suffered. He was sinless. Still is sinless. Was then. But He took our sins upon His own flesh. He clothed them. We have the only God anywhere in existence everywhere for all time that actually became like us for us that's that's love that is deep love the next verse uh, will be revelation um chapter 2 verse 4 and revelation 3 1 Revelation 2.4 says I'm sorry, Revelation 2.4 But I have this against you that you have left your first love and Revelation 3.1 to, to the angel of the church of Sardis write he who has the seven spirits of God in the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Actually, that should not have been verse 2-4, that should have been verse 1-4. Sorry about that. 1-4 is John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you. In peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and the next one is all in Galatians but the key verses I would probably highly recommend that you read Galatians 1 chapter 1 verses 11 through chapter 2 verse 2 but the key verses would be verses 1 and 16, 17 and 18, and 2-1. Let me go ahead and read those to you now. Uh, but when, well, I'm going to go back to 
15. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb, he's talking to uh, Brother Paul to the Church of Galatians, from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas. Cephas is the Greek name for uh, Peter. Uh, we all know the Apostle Peter. And stayed with him just 15 days. And then we're going over to verse 2-1. Then after an interval of 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with him also. When we ponder those verses, and we see the correct way that, uh, and the correct counsel that we're supposed to be getting, um, and I'm well guilty of this myself, as well as every single person, and every single one of your brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus are guilty of you've all done it some have done it to me some I've just overheard you sharing a counsel with others and I just pray that like me you've gotten checked by the Holy Spirit and we repented and turned from that yeah I believe you are because you're all loving individuals but just looking at these verses, especially with Jesus being the culmination of it at, from Isaiah standpoint, verse 2, where those seven spirits are the problem, one of them is the spirit of counsel. If the counsel that all your young people are coming for us, if you're looking for worldly counsel so you can go for worldly endeavors, um, whether it's how to excel at your... Um, the sport that you love so much or whether it's to um, excel in the business world yeah we can always find a lot of them counsel uh, matter of fact we have an abundance of it a lot of people uh, that want to be wealthy wouldn't mind being uh, counseled by Donald Trump um, it's just like but if we listen to the likes of those individuals they have no use in reality, they really had no uh, useful thing, use, useful counsel, everlasting useful counsel. Yeah, they can tell us how to be, have no integrity, have very little morals. Now, they may give money to what they deem good causes, but what's a good cause? If it doesn't 100% glorify almighty God in all respects and actions then it's not good uh, if we're going to give someone counsel that leads them away from God's call to them specifically then it's no good at all that's just that's worldly counsel it's just the same thing as getting counsel um, from Donald Trump or even from President Obama, to, or President Bush, uh, or President Clinton, um, or things of that nature, or just any athlete out there. It's the same thing. Um, godly, the only way to give godly counsel, per the Word of God, 
is to go to God. You know, when somebody seeks counsel to you, remember back in, uh, over in First Kings, chapter uh, 12, uh, and even Solomon was given wise counsel because he asked for it from the Lord. He didn't ask for riches. Now, he was also given riches and a lot of materialism, which eventually led him astray. And we really don't see in there, you know, in church, last couple of weeks, we were doing a study on Solomon, and we show how he led astray uh, by marrying the wrong you know, woman, or for your lady's sake, to apply that to our lives today, not only for do us men have to seek God as to who he wills for us to marry. We can't go by other friends that says, I think this person is who you're supposed to marry. Unless they've got a directly confirmation directly from God through prayer and Bible study only. That's the only way to get counsel from God. Is deep prayer, quiet prayer, sitting before God with an open Bible up there saying, Lord, teach me about yourself. Teach me your ways. Show me yourself. I need counsel here. Um, and those, we should be trusting those that are going to give us counsel are going to go home and do the same thing for a couple of days. We look at over here in, uh, First, and I'm going to read it, I ask you to read it, in First Kings chapter 12, when Solomon's son, which was given, actually he was only given two of the, ten, the 12 tribes. At that point, because Solomon sinned against God and he refused to repent and obey God, the kingdom was stripped from him. Now, Jerusalem and Benjamin, I think, uh, the youngest one, were kept directly to David's descendants because God promised David that that Jerusalem would not be taken from his descendants. But the other ten were given to Jeroboam. But let's go and look at uh, Rehoboam, um, who was evil before God. He had two choices. He went to, <coughs> first he sought the counsel from the elders that served under his father before Solomon went astray, or probably both actually during. Uh, and they were you know, advised him one way, but he rejected that counsel. He went to his people, his homies, his homeboys that he grew up with. They knew nothing about godly counsel. It's probably the one of the ones that you were, had a hand in keeping him astray, leading him astray from God's word. Uh, he sought their counsel, which was an evil counsel. It just happened to be God's purpose for sending Israel to set them up in captivity uh, but he still rejected the sound counsel of the elders before him the sound godly counsel you know he didn't he did nothing no evidence of seeking God no evidence of going to him first first uh, Timothy some uh chapter one verses three to seven uh and please again, I always ask you to check these verses for yourself um you know to keep me accountable out there and to ensure because I'm prone like any like all of you are 
of making mistakes every day. Yeah. Um, we don't desire to make mistakes. We desire to glorify God. But none of us can say we've never made a mistake. That would be calling God a liar. So please check these out. Verify that I'm quoting the right scripture. You know, God just checked me with regarding that revelation when I misspoke two and four when it should have been one and four and I marked the wrong one down. You know, again, I go. I repented before God and he corrects me. But First Timothy, <clears throat> back to this, chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, summarized this what God kind of given me as far as wisdom and understanding was give right counsel from God to others how to live and to walk right and to teach others this same way if we're not teaching God his whole counsel his whole word of God if we're taking scripture references and misapplying them because they fit they defend a particular opinion of ours, then we're not actually doing what is according to God and what is according to our call. Now, yes, we can err, we can misquote, uh, <clears throat> but I'm talking a deliberate ignoring. Uh, another thing with worldly counsel is I saw that growing up in, in college. There's a good friend of mine, he's still alive. I don't, to my knowledge, I saw no evidence. That he's walking with the Lord yet. God has allowed me to witness to him. Had a lot of respect. He lives in New York. He's about tw 20 years. No about 10 years older than me. 15 years older. You know his parents live next door. To uh, my parents. You know we grew up. You know close knit small town. Uh, he. Graduated from college. Got drafted. Came out, went, applied for three banking jobs, and he worked his way up to vice president of the former banker's trust company. So, he of respect. I never asked him what he made, and he never told me, of course. More likely, I surmise it was in, you're talking midtown Manhattan, uh, where he worked in downtown. Actually, what's ironic, he, his building he was in was right across the street from the former World Trade Center. You know, he had been long retired since then, but he was, he's always lived in New York. Never been married. He's like 62 years old. Um, you know, been an awesome friend, close friend. He knows I'm a born and believer. You know, I don't force it down his throat. We shared a bus ride together when I took, you know, felt prompted by the Lord to go home. And I listened to him for helping with me, helping me with my resume. But again... I wasn't always seeking godly counsel. I wasn't always seeking God like I strive to do now. You know, I was seeking when we're growing up <coughs> before we know God. Excuse me, furball. Uh, <coughs> we're going to seek advice of how to make it in the business world. And you always want to. That's even in the business world. You always have Paul and Timothy like examples. <coughs> Paul was a godly example to Timothy and to Titus. And Paul wasn't always there physically because God had called him away. He, they both traveled with him for a brief time as um, he served God and they witnessed God's filling him with the Holy Spirit every day in preaching in to churches. 
the assemblies of the uh, saints, etc. Um, so when it came time, God had confirmed to say, okay, you need to stay here, Timothy, and Titus need to stay there. He was still a father in the faith of them, a well-respected adult male role model to them and your ladies are females role models to the young ladies um in a lot of respect that title father of the faith or son of the faith does not change when distance that'd be the same thing as saying what well, God's our father we haven't met him yet yo we've met him in the spirit and one day soon we'll see him face to face in Christ Jesus which is the only way you can see them. We don't want to see them now in these fleshy bodies. We can't. These fleshy bodies cannot stand to be in His presence. They get, you know, we died. That was where Moses, God told Moses to speak to the people, do not come in my presence. They were still in the flesh. These fleshy bodies. This flesh, can, no flesh can stand before God. He's that holy out there. But he does tell us to be holy as he is holy. But we can't be holy apart from our Jesus Christ. So that's another lesson out there. But as far as... So the mentoring in the council has... It's mimicked even in the secular world. The kind of world which we're no longer to be a part of. We're living in the world but not of the world any longer. This is no longer our citizens. Yes, we may have to. You know, we are required by God actually to pay taxes and to honor the kings whether they're obeying or not. I don't have that one down pat yet and I've disobeyed that one grievingly and with much weeping and tears um, a lot. And I've seen a lot of others witness, and I've seen God correct them also. But, um, same thing. So, and you young people that are aspiring to be successful athletes, the obvious thing to do is to get somebody like a Michael Jordan or uh, Pele, if he's, I think Pele's still alive, isn't he? Uh, soccer, I'm trying to grab different, uh, different sports here. Uh, or Mean Joe Green, I tell you. Yeah, I know he's still alive, I believe, to my knowledge. I think. Uh, Walter Payton, out there for another one. Definitely know he's still alive. Um, as athletes, that's not the kind of counsel we want. God doesn't want us to have that kind of counsel. We want godly examples. We want examples that are going to teach us how to glorify Him. If that is God's call, that you go into it. And if it's not, God's going to remove it from you one way or the other. He can take you out. He can put you down. He knocked Paul. He had one thing in his mind the day he met Jesus Christ. And that was to fulfill a charge from the chief Pharisees. And that was to bring every Christian back to Jerusalem in bonds to be murdered. God stopped him. He knocked him right off his feet and he blinded him for three days. Did not give him sight. And he heard the Lord's voice clear as day. We all come to that place. And that's a good place. That's not a bad place. But God doesn't have to get all our attentions that way. Some of us have been so softened 
already by the gospel. Um, or by God, by Almighty God through the gospel. That eventually he'll come speak through his word. He'll lead us into a church service, evangelistic service, whatever. You know, however he chooses to speak. Uh, and he's got our attention with little fanfare. Some, like me, need those heh, bricks, as I like to call them. But to get back to council, uh, let's look at two ways, Second Timothy 4.2, that basically is what we should be preaching every single day. And the second part of it, Verses like 3 and 4 is what people would know. This was worn back then, and it's actually happening now and been happening for quite a few years. Um, people were heaping teachers, they're heaping counselors, they're heaping advice individuals that tickle their ears, which means that satisfies their fleshy desires. They're not trying to lead them down the, wrong, down the narrow path, they're leading them astray. They've already been put astray. Um, they've wandered astray. And now they want teachers to keep them going astray. They don't want teachers who's uh, going to preach the whole counsel of God. They will check them, correct, prune. Read the first part of it. I challenge you to read verses 2 of what the Word of God is supposed to do and what God and all of His people are to do. Now, some of the godly counsel. When you ask a true man or woman of God, and for us that is asked by those young people or by anybody that wants true godly counsel, we need to say, like Rehoban did, well, he said come back in three days. We may say, okay, give me a couple of days, pray about it and see God, and pray about it. Go quiet before God, worship Him, Worship his presence. Come to him and says, God, I only want to give you wisdom and your understanding. He'll speak to you. He wants us to do that. He wants to use these vessels of his, which he bought with the, with the blood of Jesus. Uh, it's awesome to do that. Don't just say you're going to do it and just say, well, I think I've been walking enough with the Lord. I'll tell you, well, no, that is not godly. You don't go. That's going by your personal experience, and trusting that you're going to remember. Open the Word of God and get in prayer. If you're not living in prayer, if I'm not living in prayer, we can't give. And living in His Word, and I'm not talking about no five-minute devotions. Jesus gave very few five or ten-minute devotions. Overall, now He is God. He is the devotion. <laughs> his people were with him. His initial 12 disciples were with him for three years. Day and night. Living and sleeping in his presence. Period. Pa, during those three years that we just read about in Galatians, um, Spent three years alone. Arabia? 
you may have a few cities. I think Mecca rings a, you know rings a bell, but that's a desert. There's nothing there but sand. Didn't sound like he drank water. Um, God would have given him rest because it's in His Word. He did not consult with flesh and blood, as verse 16 of chapter 1 says, for three years. It didn't, as it wasn't until he went up to three years. And then he only was with uh, Peter, or Steve, as it says here, um, Peter for 15 days. That's all. And then he didn't go up again. It says he went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And he was preaching God. But he was unknown to some of the churches of Judah. Which were in Christ. But now they were hearing testimonies about him. And he wasn't there yet. Uh, and they were thanking God for him. For what he had done in them. Because they know who he was before. And they know who he is. And they've heard what he's heard now. He hasn't been up there yet. And it wasn't until 14 years. That he went back up to Jerusalem. With Barnabas. Out there in Austin Galatians. So it's just like. To say you have to be around people. Don't want your counsel. People like that. Have strayed. They're living too close. Living on the edge of the narrow way. God wants us in the center. Of the narrow way. Now we're going to sway back and forth. It's like. There's no automobile. in. Uh, there's no driver in the world. Of an automobile in the world. That can perfectly keep a vehicle. In a 100% straight line. I don't mean weaving like a drunk. I mean straight line. Right in the center of the yellow. In the white line. Uh, and it consists. Exactly the same distance. For a, um, a particular length of time. You know it's going to go a little bit. You got wind, cross winds. That are coming back and forth. That are straight. But. The driver that's glorifying Jesus Christ and it's God's hands on him, on him or her. It's gonna, they're gonna keep that vehicle under control that stays within the yellow and white lines, outer markings, the boundary markers, so it doesn't cross over. It just won't stay the same, say, for instance, one inch from the yellow line to the red yellow line and one inch left of the white line I mean stay that same line it ain't gonna happen not for a length of time sort of an example hope you understood that but uh kind of a last verse some we'll kind of touch upon here um that I have written down is Titus chapter 2 let me turn to it okay kind of going over to Titus chapter 2 Verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope in the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. If we listen to worldly counsel, World of Council is not going to keep that focus on there. Our main focus each and every day has to be um, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Godly Council 
is going to come to us um, following that same, striving to follow that same uh, rule each and every day, that regulation. Um, And they're not going to give us any counsel that will cause us to go away. We'll take our eyes off of uh, the Lord and it's coming. He is coming again. It's closer now than it ever has been. Um, and we need to be looking up. Uh, let me see what I wrote. I got a little notes pertaining to uh, <coughs> that Titus verse. Is that what our lips and bodily actions are telling others? Basically, in summarize. So again, in applying this to us, probably say for, um, when we are asked for somebody's counsel, counsel in uh, Webster's Merriam-Webster dictionary is the same thing as advice. Um, there's other definitions like counsel could be an attorney or something like that. Um, and I'm talking counsel, C-O-U-N-C-L, not C-O-U-N-C-I-L. Um, when we are asked for that counsel, advise them saying, okay, can I take a day or two? Uh, now, if it's just somebody saying, um, can you give me some advice on how to deal with a particular teacher since you've already been in his or her class Actually, that one there, I wouldn't even pray for that one. Because you may not particularly have liked that teacher. And you don't want that swaying your counsel. You know, we don't know how that person may react. That person may actually grow to like that teacher. So you want to actually hear how God wants you to answer it. And if there's any bitterness in you towards that teacher. Because I had teachers that I despised. Um... And bitterness is so, is is just one of the enemy's temptations for us out there. Where if he can keep us bitter um, against someone, then he's got a stronghold built in, a place to dwell in. We are not allowed to hate anyone ever. Uh, so any kind of counsel for those application ones, I. Tell them, I says, can I get back to you tomorrow uh, before I give you counsel? You know, make up a, a lame excuse. I'll do a little bit saying, kind of rush right now while I dial you, but I want to give you good counsel. This is just one example. Don't, I mean, you, you're free to use this exact quote, but you can certainly put it into your own words uh, where it fits you. Uh, please do so because I'm not the best of speakers. But possible suggestion was, yeah, I really want to give you good advice, good counsel. Now, they might not say the word counsel because it is kind of an old King James type of word out there. You know, that's why more advice is probably more in tune to you. Um, for those that are receiving counsel or asking for advice, asking for a counsel, why do you want worldly counsel? Advice. Why do you want to be mentored according to the world standards? Dare ask God, and if you do not know God personally through Jesus Christ, again, a priest 
cannot or pastor can only teach what God puts upon his heart. He cannot be God to you. He cannot be representation. He is not if he's an example of Christ in him if he is living in him. Prayfully he is if he's standing behind a pulpit. Uh but there are many that are not. Unfortunately, say that grievingly in this world. There are many pastors or priests that are standing behind that pulpit that are not saved and on the way to heaven. So those we pray for out there as the Lord gives us utterances. Um but why in God's name or why on earth would you want any counsel other than godly counsel? You know, we all know somebody that is striving to be godly, a man after God's heart, a woman after God's heart for you ladies. Uh, and ladies, you can ask me or anyone, any mighty man of God, but don't do it alone, one-on-one. Have somebody else there, a woman, with you for safety's sake. Not that that person is going to do anything, but why tempt yourself and tempt another person? Just do it for reproach's sake. Because that brings, you know, that can easily have a temptation from the Lord. I mean, tempt, Lord, don't tempt. Oh, Lord, forgive me for that. Little punk devil. Uh, Lord, rebuke him. Um, that is an easy temptation from the devil. Uh, for us. It's just not done. Now, if it's your father, that's a little different story. I mean, uh... And I mean true father, not just one of the 10,000 fathers, you know, father counselors. I mean, your earthly dad. Uh, that's a little bit devastating. So, because you see him every day, prayerfully. If you don't, well, that's something else that continue, we'll continue praying about. But again, and if you do not know God through the Lord Jesus Christ, give him a chance. Believe in Him today. Trust in Him. Put your complete trust in Him. In His work. He's done all the work for us. He's completed it. He was raised from the dead. He's no longer in the tomb. He's no longer around the cross. Those crosses out there, they're of the devil. They're fake. They still show Him on the cross. He hung on the cross for us. He died on the cross for us. He was buried three days later. He built His church. And he's still building this church. But his church is almost built. He's getting ready to call us home. And take us out of the way. Believe in him today. The moment you hear this lesson. Stop what you're doing. If you have not yet. Believe with your mouth. I mean believe with. With all your heart. With all your being. With the heart, which which is in the Greek is kardia, which means the center of your being, means your total being. Uh, confessing with your lips, because what is in your heart, 
is going to come out eventually. If evil is in your heart, if sin is still in your heart, it's going to come out. Now, it's still sin and part of the flesh. And that God is counseling in the process. Once we get saved, once we become born again, we're made new creations in Christ Jesus. We've died to ourselves. And He has come alive. He comes in. He dwells with us. And we dwell in Him. We live in Him. He lives in us. He prunes us. He gets rid of, in His loving way, He eliminates, He cuts out of us everything like a surgeon will cut out cancer. Or a surgeon could uh, correct a hernia. Or any of those incidences. Or a surgeon human surgeon can perform an open heart surgery God performs that on us but it you know, some of it is a little bit of pain like any surgery believe in him today I encourage you I'm here I'm offering myself to you God's chosen vessel if you have any questions anything I'm on Skype it's F-I-X-I-E-J-R is my name, is my Skype name. Be willing to sit down. It's still face-to-face, hear voices. Make it a time to sit down and open, and let God open up the scriptures and show you himself. Be himself to you. It's available. Love y'all. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this message. I thank you, Lord, for the desire that you put in our hearts every single day to grow us in your image. Thank you for your transforming word of God. Thank you that you are transforming us into your word of God and you're renewing our minds to make us like you and to give us your mind. Father God, I ask for the hearers of this message, this lesson, that you will instill deeply within their souls and in their minds and in their hearts that they will only seek counsel from you, Almighty God, through whomever you place in their path, Father God. I pray that um, you will cause them to slowly reject human counsel, Father God, like many human counsel as um, Rehoboam chose to do but they only choose your counsel because your counsel is the only best way Father God, Father God I pray that if they do not yet know you as Lord and Savior and, and if they have not yet been reconciled to the personal relationship with you I pray that you will so soften their heart uh, that you will so make yourself available as you do each and every day by the different skies and the clouds and whatnot in the uh, landscape around us, Father God, and in, you know, in your creation. Father God, I pray that you will so soften their heart, Father God, that you will save them in this very moment, Father God, as they're listening to uh, your lesson, Father God. I pray this in the most high and holy name, the name that everybody will bow to one day, the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all.